0: Maggie, we can give her a hand. She kind of just did. This is good. Actually, speaking of Maggie doing great things, I don't know if you guys have seen today's paper yet, maybe. (laughs) We are in the presence of not just one famous person this morning, but we are, I don't know, Birchridge kind of has a corner on the sports page this morning, so... We've got here, we've got Maggie and Molly, right up here in the top corner here. Hudson, right here, look at that. We've got like, I mean, of the number of people that are in the sports page in today's paper, um, Birchridge is very, very well represented. This is like, yep, you know, we can give them a hand. I was talking to Hudson this morning before we came in. He was like, you are not going to draw attention to this, are you? You know, now that I know about it, it's hard not to say something, right? So we know. But, you know, the the good news is, as I told him in the lobby, you know, there there are really just a couple ways to make the paper. Um, You do great things or not so great, right? It's like, you know, like those of us that live those kind of like mediocre, down-the-middle lives, we don't make it in the paper very often. So Hudson, nice job, buddy. Maggie, Molly, nice work. I'm going to give this to the proud mama here. This is good. Okay. <laughs> Not in my notes, but we need to celebrate these things as well, right? Um, man, it is good. It is good to be here. I realized this week that um, we passed the one month mark for our family being here at Birchridge. I think that's, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I told first service this morning, I said, that the, I think the good news is the, the longer we're here, the more months that pass, the harder it's going to be to get rid of us. So we're kind of just like settling in here. So feeling really good, feeling really grateful. One of the things that we get to do this morning is celebrate what, what has been and talk about the direction that God is taking us, talk about some of the things that I think God is wanting to be true of Burtridge moving forward. And, and so I do this, and, and as I've listened to God, this, this sermon series, this active faith message series the next four weeks. This is, by the way, this is ours, right? This is something that God has burned in my heart that when I'm saying, God, what is it you're wanting to, to do in Birchridge? What are, you wanted to, what are you wanting to teach us? Um, this picture and this framework and this conversation that we're having this morning, this is something that, that God has burned in me as, as your pastor that's, that I believe is going to be a thing that shapes Birchridge in the months and years to come, and so it's a big deal, but this is ours, right? This is something that maybe at some point as as we see this play out that we might actually get to maybe share with some other churches as they start to sort out how do we actually live out our faith. I mean, we heard the kids this morning talk about it, and now um, here we are. The, um, the thing I love about Alaska, the thing I love about Birchridge in particular, I mean, there's lots of things, but one of the things I love is that that you guys, we, I guess I say, I can say we, I keep I've been here a month. We can say we. We, um, as Alaskans, I have my driver's license now, so it's we. Yeah, it's official, right? Exactly. I have some bugs on my license plate now, so it's like, it's like really official. Um, but, but we're not afraid of hard work, right? We're not afraid of kind of like saying, well, what's the bullseye? What's the goal? What do we have to do to get there? right? If that's the objective, if, if that's where we're heading, then, then what is it that, that we need to do? Let's figure out how to make it happen, right? It's a, very, it's a very practical approach to life, saying, well, if that's how it should be, then let's figure out how to make it that way, right? If this is the way it's supposed to be, if this is the way it's supposed to work, then, then let's figure that out. Over the last years, God has been teaching me what it looks like to live out faith, right, to start, and I can even trace in some of the message series that I've done over the years of like, this is what I thought faith was like, and it was true, but it wasn't yet complete, and and maybe five years from now, we're going to add some things to to what this picture looks like, but recognizing that that faith is about more than than just what we believe, right? For, for, for a lot of us, we think of faith, or we think of, what faith are you? and You think of, like, these are the kind of, like, the bounding uh, beliefs of a particular religion, saying, I am of this particular faith, or this is the, the faith beliefs that, that, that define me. But the definition that we're going to talk about this morning, as we talk about active faith, as we talk about what this looks like lived out in a unique and particular kind of way in our lives, um, it's more, uh, more full than maybe what we realize sometimes. And so for us, as we start down this road of talking about active faith, as we talk about what it looks like to live from where we, where we are and what God is doing in our lives, it, it starts with a good and clear and complete definition of faith. And so a place to start in understanding faith is Hebrews 11, which As we were going over the slides this morning, it's like faith shows up an awful lot throughout this passage. And and that's because the author of Hebrews was trying to help us understand or help their audience understand, but now us understand as we lean in and listen what faith really is. And so Hebrews 11, starting in verse 1, Now faith, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for, by faith. We understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. This is us starting with a definition of faith. And as I said, a lot of times or often when we think about faith, if someone asked us to to define faith, if we were going to go around, we talk about it. In a lot of ways, it's belief, right? Or or confidence, which is where the, the author of Hebrews starts. So it starts with confidence. And we say it's, it's this belief system or it's this kind of like foundational principles that, that I kind of like operate within, that this is, this is my faith, this is, this is what I believe, this is what I think. Faith as belief is a, it's a comfortable place to start, right? It's a really comfortable place to start because it lets us actually start to, to draw some boundary lines. It lets us start to talk about what we believe and think and, and all those kinds of things. And so faith, faith as belief is a comfortable place to start. This is faith as confidence, it's a starting point, but for followers of Jesus, it does not stop there, right? This is maybe one of the lessons of the Leaning In series that we just finished, that, that Jesus tends to take us one step further, at least one step further than what's comfortable, right? Takes us a step further than, than maybe where we'd like to stop. It doesn't stop there. The faith that Jesus invited people to was about perspective and about the act of living. <laughs> faith as perspective means that faith actually impacts the way that we see the world, right? That, that faith isn't just a—I mean, it is. It's our beliefs. It's the, it's the foundational structure. It's the foundation for the way that we live. But, but faith is also the lens. We look th- even in these opening verses of Hebrews chapter 11 about, well, this is the way we see the world, right? This is the way the ancients saw the world, that, that what, was, what is seen was not made out of what is visible, right? That faith is perspective. right? Faith is the lens that we look at the world through. It's, it's the eternal perspective that, that we look through the eternal and we see the temporary. right? Perspective, it's the way we see the goal. And the ancients were commended for that. The, the ancients were commended not just for their confidence and not just for their perspective, but for the way they applied faith to the act of living. It's our actions. So to have a full and complete definition is or a clear and complete definition would be that the faith is confidence and it's perspective and it's actions, which leads us to an active faith, right? That, that intersecting reality where, where it's like, this is at the intersection I'm operating out of and I'm, and I'm, I'm living my life in, in, in the midst of, this is, this is what's true, right? This is the foundation of my life. This is the way I see the world. And this is the way I behave, right? That my actions, that it, that it all wraps up in that intersecting reality of, of this is what faith can look like. This is active faith, right? And we're gonna talk over the next, the now this week and then three weeks to follow. We're gonna walk through this and we're gonna look at what God is trying to teach us as a people to, to say well, this is what faith could look like. But it starts with a clear and complete definition. The problem with clear and complete definitions is that they create tension, right? For us, we can look at this and we can say, like, that's like, I mean, it looks more complicated than it is. I think we, we, we get this. But it causes us to recognize that there are things in our lives that, that take us off the mark. Right? If this is the bullseye, if active faith is the bullseye, that, that there are things about our lives, there are decisions that we've made, there are patterns of living that, that aren't reflective of this. And so when we start to lean in, it's going to create tension. Right? It would be easier if we could have a, a blurrier definition that would, that would kind of let us maybe flex around the edges and, and not have to worry about having something be so specific. I had a coach once. Coaches are great, by the way, because coaches aren't cheerleaders, right? Coaches help deal with your weakness, right? They deal with the things that maybe you're not getting so well. And I had a coach who, who spoke into my life. He said, Here's the reality something is, it's, it's not a blind spot once you know about it, right? You can't go through life saying, Well, that's just one of my blind spots. That's not a blind spot, right? That's either, he said, And he was pretty intense. He said, That's either a, a weakness that you're choosing. Or that's sin, right? He's talking about as as a Christian leader, like, you don't just get to walk around saying, well, that's just one of my blind spots. Clear and and complete creates tension. Clear and complete is diagnostic, right? We can look at this and we say, this is is a bullseye, right? Not just in in the, the, the big picture, but that intersecting portion at the middle is, this is the bullseye. This is what life is supposed to look like. Life with this kind of intersection, That we can look at this and we can agree and we can say, this is the bullseye, this is what we're living towards, this is what we want. But the problem is the bullseye and the gravitational pull of our lives are not always going to match up, right? That we're not just going to simply drift into this active faith reality just because we happen to get there, right? It requires choices, it requires work, it requires us getting before God saying, God, what is it that needs to happen? What do you need to teach me? What do I need to let go of? How do I continue to take steps to get closer to this? It's also diagnostic in the sense that it gives us a little bit of a, of a sense of what God's doing, right? It actually helps us understand what God might be working on, what God might be trying to teach us. And so we can go through our, our lives and sometimes we find ourselves in moments where we're like, what in the world is God trying to teach me right now, right? With, with everything that's coming my way, with the way the circumstances are shaping up and the way it all fits fitting together, what in the world is God trying to do? Maybe one way we can understand that is saying, is God trying to build my confidence? All right? is he trying to build my confidence in who, he, in who he is and not just in what I can do? All right? is God trying to teach me to see the world in a different kind of way to, to get past the temporary and to, to look at the world with an eternal lens? Right? Is it that God's trying to teach me that my behavior matters, that my behavior should be congruent with what I believe? Right? So we can kind of look at that and we say this, is, this is, is diagnostic in the sense that it might help us understand some of what God is doing in our lives. And so the author of Hebrews continues. We're going to pick up in, in chapter 8 of Hebrews 11 and it starts to describe the faith of Abraham. And by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Right, what a simple response that Abraham did, even though he did not know where he was going. We talk about our formula, confidence, perspective, and action. We see Abraham not knowing where he's going, right? but his confidence is rooted in God. That his perspective is something bigger than just what's right in front of him. And his action is obedience. Right? The fruit of the other two, the intersecting reality, is this, this act of obedience that, that Abraham just simply went, where Jesus, or where God called him to go. Active faith. In another story, another Abraham story in the book of James, we, we see the echoes of this where James now writing to the church saying, Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. There's a pattern in Abraham's life that emerged of of choosing obedience rather than a preferred outcome, right? To, to, to have this chasing of, of a preferred outcome that would create eventually a cycle of disappointment, Abraham chose obedience rather than chasing after his preference for what he thought his life was supposed to look like. Right, this is faith impacting our lives, impacting the way we live. By faith, verse nine, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. In verse 10, for he was looking forward, right? We're talking perspective now. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. This perspective that allowed Abraham to see and those that he was traveling with that were, that were at the mercy of the decisions that he made to, to be able to see him discern between the temporary and the eternal, right? To have a lens and looking at the world that says, I'm gonna see things differently. And his action, talking about his active faith, making his home like a stranger, right? Living in a foreign land, living in tents. For some of us who like to go hunting or go camping, that sounds like a pretty good way to live until you have to live that way for your entire life, right? It's a a totally different process. He made his home like a stranger, living in tents, that he chose a less comfortable life because his perspective, because his foundation wasn't on his present circumstances, but his perspective and his foundation was on the work of God. Looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Verse eleven And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered or was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Perspective right? Confidence, perspective, saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that, that he who has made the promise is faithful, right? For Sarah to look at her circumstances, to look at the condition of, of being past childbearing years and, and not having kids and all that kind of stuff, to, to look at that and say, look, this does not make sense in a temporary kind of way of seeing things. But when I put on the divine perspective that, that says, I will trust that if God spoke it, I will trust that it will be made true that it will come through, that it will happen. This perspective that leads to an action of of trusting, considering him faithful. Verse 13, all these people who were still living by faith when they died. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth talking foundations, right? We're talking where is our confidence? What does does confidence look like when it comes to faith being applied to our lives? What does confidence look like? Living by faith, right? Not just living with faith, right? Not just having possessed faith or taking hold, hold of faith, but living by faith. When they died, they had not yet received the things promised, but in faith they saw from a long way off and they welcomed them admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. This is faith applied not just to a belief system, but to an act, to the act of living as individuals faithfully following after what God is teaching us. Verse 14, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they'd left, then they could have simply returned, right? This is just a logical structure here to say, look, they're talking about a longing for something that just is not yet. It's not Looking back at the past saying, those were the good days. We should just go back by saying, I will be wholly unsatisfied until I have attained the thing that lies ahead. They say such things that, that show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they'd left, they would have had the opportunity to return, right? This divine perspective that, that drives them to continue to look forward and say, where is God taking me? I'm more concerned about where he's taking me than what, than what lies behind me. Identity is wrapped up in what lies ahead. This is active faith. This is a perspective that that changes the way we live. Instead, verse 16, instead they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And then the therefore, right? The therefore that that starts to make all the other things make sense. The therefore that, that describes, we talk about chasing our own personal preferences versus chasing after the outcome that really matters. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. confidence, perspective, the action of longing, saying, "I, I will not be home until I am home with God. Faith, active faith, leading towards the outcome that really matters. And so this morning, we're talking about faith, right? We're we're looking at a clear picture. We're talking about a definition. We're talking about a way of living. And and as we're going to see, we're going to talk about small groups in the coming weeks. One of the big questions that's going to show up in our small group meetings, or at least some of our small group meetings, is, is a question of, so what are you going to do about it? right? What is it you're going to do with what you're learning? What is it, if God is revealing this thing, then then, then what is it that you're going to do in response to what God is doing, in response to what God is teaching? And so this morning, I have kind of broken up in two different pieces some suggestions, I think, of, of things that God might be wanting to do in our lives. And the first category is, what does it look like if, if one of those pieces, if we talk those, those three circles, what does it look like if one of them is, is missing or, or majorly undeveloped? What does it look like when, when one of the pieces of the puzzle just isn't, isn't there? And so we, we talk what would it look like perspective and actions without confidence, right? Without the foundation. To, 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 for some of us, this could look like maybe we're starting to think about what would it look like what would it look like to take the biggest step of our lives and move from from where we are to living in faith in a relationship with God, trusting God, trusting Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, for us to make the decision to say, God, I'm going to take you up on the offer of salvation. Right, to have that kind of confidence, that kind of foundation. And so, so maybe we've been, we've been kind of like seeing things differently. Right? When God starts to get a hold of us, it starts to change the way we see things. And so we're looking at the world and we're saying, there are things that just don't make sense. And we're maybe starting to, to try living a different way. Or maybe we're starting to feel convicted about the way that we're living. And so we're seeing things differently and we're, we're living a little bit differently. But we're like, we're just not quite, not quite there yet. And so there's the, the confidence, the belief, the, the trust in God that, that creates the foundation for this. Or maybe for some of us, we've taken that step, but we haven't yet developed that foundation, right? That God wants to give us as we live our lives, that, that we're starting to see the world differently, we're, we're living differently, but then our situations change, and it's like the foundation just gets knocked out from under us, right? That, 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 that the way that we live is, is just not rooted in something that, that is stable, that our behaviors are driven by whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. That, that our perspective, the way we see things, is, it's good when it's good, but when things get hard, we, we take our eye off of, of the bullseye. And so to develop and to move forward, the missing part would be the confidence, which is the foundation. What does it look like to have confidence and actions without perspective? Right. That, that this is us believing the right things and, and doing the right things. That we've got those pieces together, but but it just seems like we just can't see the big picture, right? We're, we're, we're living in a way where we're trying to do the right things, but it's like, I just don't understand what God's doing. I just don't understand what my purpose is. I don't understand the big picture of life. Where are we actually heading? What is it that we're actually living towards? What really matters, All right? This is confidence and actions without the perspective that, that comes from hope and from our life experiences properly understood, Right, this is where we sometimes need to get together with other people who are on the same journey that we're on and we just say, look, I just cannot make sense of this. And, and they can help us start to get some perspective that maybe it's us sitting across the, the table in a coffee shop saying, look, this is what I'm seeing and just I can't make sense of it. And someone trusted that's maybe a couple steps ahead of us on the journey that can kind of help us get perspective. So let's let's kind of deal with that. Let's, let's get a healthy sense of what's going on. Help, have someone help us from the outside get a a glimpse of the big picture. Maybe. Maybe it's confidence and perspective without actions. Right. This is the, the the part that I think is is maybe the most damaging because it's the one that we can let ourselves off the hook of the most easily. Right? It's 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 fascinating to me to look at my own life, and I think maybe I'm not alone in this, that I could look at my life and say, the thing that Jesus seemed to preach towards or seemed to, seemed to, to lead people towards was the act of obedience, right? To, to hear God speak and then respond in obedience to it, to what God says. And yet the thing that, that Jesus came to teach us or one of the, things, the key things that he came to teach us is the very thing that we let ourselves off the hook on, where it's like we're called to a way of living, Right, a way of acting. That if Jesus' goal for us is obedience, why is it that we can live without action? Right. So confidence and perspective without action needs activation. Right. We need to have a moment where we're like, "I am supposed to live differently because of this." That that I'm supposed to apply my faith not just to what not, not just to what I believe and not just the way I see things, but but applying faith to the act of living. That's the danger I think in a series like this is that you might come and. And think active faith, or kids in action, and all these things. It's like great. Nate is trying to get me to sign up for something. <laughs> I hear. Loud. I think maybe we think that right. Like, what is it that we're gonna like pass the clipboard around? What am I getting myself into? What am I signing up for? What do I have to do? Um, this is this is not about doing more things. Right? This is not about us adding to our list of responsibilities and saying, well, here's one more thing. Look, I've got all these other things on my to-do list, but I better add on active faith to that. What we're talking about is not just doing stuff. It's applying faith to the act of living. Saying, what does life look like? When faith is the thing that drives us. What does life look like when, when, when the way that we behave is, is marked by the faith that we have? When our actions are congruent with our beliefs and our perspective. When that intersecting section there begins to grow. Right? When that becomes more and more the case, you can talk about alignment. You can say, what does it look like for that overlapping area to, to grow as we mature in faith, as we grow and, and that active portion, the, 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 the overlap between confidence and perspective and actions, it, it kind of just works its way together where that overlap is, is just this congruent picture of us following after Jesus in a way that, that our lives are marked by it. Right? That faith shapes how we live. And that's not just simply doing things, right? This is not what you're hearing from me this morning. I'm not passing a sign up sheet for volunteers this morning. So it might be there's missing pieces. It might mean that we need to make some moves. That, for those of us to, to understand things this way, maybe it's like that's the bullseye, right? That we can picture that active faith section the, the, there in the middle, it, that that's the bullseye, but, but we're not hitting the bullseye, right? That we look at our lives and you're saying, Nate, I hear what you're saying, and I actually don't even disagree with you. I just That doesn't work in my life, right? Every time I take a shot at the bullseye, I'm I'm missing and it just doesn't seem to work. Maybe what we need is not just to to develop our muscle in a particular area, but maybe what we need is to make a move in a particular area. That God is actually wanting to recalibrate our lives so that we hit what we're aiming for, right? So that our lives actually are marked by hitting the bullseye. It might look like this, that for those of us that, that lack confidence... We can hear the faith that that the ancients were commended for and the the foundation that they lived their lives on. And we look at this and we say, what does it look like? Or what move might I need to make to move in in an area that that grows confidence, right? It's not that it's missing. It's just that that I'm, I'm just kind of like miscalibrated. Confidence is making a move from fear to firm footing, right? Confidence is making a move from fear to firm footing where we say, look, it might feel like the whole world is shaking right now. And we're going to get to that in a couple of weeks when we talk about some of the specific ways this plays out, that it may feel like everything is shaking. But our faith is not shaken, that our feet are firmly planted in something solid. Right? That the rest of the world can shake and our faith does not shake with it. That we move from fear and operating in a, in, in, through fear and in fear to, to firm footing, to an eternal, eternal foundation, whatever is happening in a temporary kind of way. Or maybe it's perspective. Maybe it's just the way we see the world. Maybe we just have to to have to deal with what's missing or what needs to grow in this perspective where it's a move from the temporary to the eternal. Right? It could be, and it's probably likely, that, that we struggle with this, where, it's, where we, we interpret the eternal through the lens of the temporary. We say, look, I see what God's doing. I understand that there's promises that have been made. I'm going to approach Scripture. I'm going to listen to to what we're talking about this morning. I'm going to hear God's promises, and I'm going to hear about this this eternal kingdom, this this place with foundation that's there. But, But man, this world is so broken. My circumstances are so hard. How could that be? Right How could the promise be true if, if, if what's in front of me just doesn't feel like that? And so we lose perspective, that, that our perspective becomes we're looking through the lens of the temporary, at the eternal, that we're understanding the eternal through the temporary, to reverse it. And this is what the ancients were commended for. This is what Abraham was commended for. This is what Sarah was commended for. This is what the heroes of the faith were commended for. They said, "I'm going to look at the temporary." I'm going to look at the situations that I find myself in. I'm going to look at my life circumstances. I'm going to look at that. But when I see it, I'm going to look at it through the lens of the eternal. Or I'm going to look at that and say, look, there is this eternal perspective. Then when I want to look at the temporary struggles. When I look at the temporary setbacks, when I look at all, all the way that, that things are right now, I'm going to look at it through the lens of, of the eternal. And it's a perspective shift where we move from temporary to eternal. Or maybe it's Our actions. And we trade or we move from outcomes to obedience. And what I mean by that is we move from a desired outcome driving our obedience, saying, well, if God will do, or if I can get God to do, then, then I will act in obedience, or, or I'll act in obedience if I agree with what the outcome might look like, right? Where we let our personal preferences drive whether or not we're going to be obedient. <laughs> So we move from outcomes orientation to obedience, where obedience leads to outcomes, right? This is obedience that leads to, therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Where outcomes that drive obedience is all about preference, where obedience that leads to outcomes is all about alignment. Right? It may be that one of these moves is, is the move. It might not be that, that it's a totally broken, missing kind of piece, but it could be. It could be that that we need to make a move in one of these categories, whether it's from fear to firm footing or temporary to the eternal or or outcomes to obedience. What does it look like? This is where it matters that we get before God. This is where it matters that that what happens in this room on a Sunday morning doesn't just be forgotten when we walk out. These are things we've got to wrestle with. These are things that that we get to wrestle with. This picture, this active faith reality, the, the good news, the good news is that this is not a picture that's painted in Scripture that's unattainable. Right? This is not something that, that's put out there to make us feel guilty or to make us feel worse about ourselves or to say, look, this is all the ways or this is yet another way where you don't measure up. This is yet another way where you've got to figure out a way to pull yourself up. This is a picture that's painted throughout Scripture that's, that's an invitation to a way of living, that, that it's not that we, we have to try and get there, but we get to live this way. This is not a hopeless picture, but it's a picture that probably requires some work. Right? It probably requires us spending some intentional time listening to God, spending some time in His Word, saying, God, what is it you're trying to teach me? And then, not just what are you trying to teach me, what am I going to do about it? What does the next step look like? How do I put into action the invitation that you're making to me? We get to live this way. And as a church, this is the beautiful thing. As a church, we get to help other people live this way. This is when it gets so exciting where we can begin to, to sit down with other people and say, let's talk through what you're, what you're learning. What's it that, that's in front of you? What, what's the perspective? What's the, conf- like, what's the foundation? What, what does this actually look like? Birchridge Community Church has a beautiful and rich history. And one of the things that has marked the history of Birchridge is that we meet people right where they are right? We were met right where we are. That might be why a lot of you are here this morning, is that this church met you right where you were. But what we're talking about is is building on that. We're talking about now creating safe environments for people to take the next step, right? That we're going to, as a church, lean in and say, what does this look like for us to create the kind of environments for for spiritual growth where, where people can take next steps, where we can be confident and competent as people who are following after Jesus, that we can help other people take steps. So this morning, I invite you to take us up on the opportunity. We can talk about this, but what does it look like? What does it look like for us to actually take a step? It could be that you need to write on the prayer request card that Brent's going to talk about or has talked about where it's like, pray for me because I think God's trying to get me to take a step and I'm just not sure I can. And let the church surround you in prayer and cover you with prayer and maybe even have conversations about the way this could actually play out. Take us up on the opportunity to take the next step. Imagine that what we're talking about this morning isn't just some picture that's unattainable. Say, we want to. We want to get there and we want to help you get there. Take us up on the opportunity to take the next step. Get in on helping others take the next step. Take a posture. Says, I'm going to take responsibility for people around me, right? Not in an unhealthy kind of way, but to say, I'm going to look at this and say, God, what is it you're trying to use me to, to help others do or help others get to? to take on a posture, to have a, the phrase in the, in the back of our minds that says no matter where someone is on their spiritual journey, that their, their next step can be a step in the right direction, that we don't give up on people. We don't shoot the wounded, right? We, we say, how do we help you get there? What can we do? I will go all in on helping someone take the next step, to take on the posture that says, I'm here to help. Get in on helping others take the next step. And you can pray. I'm going to give you a specific thing you'll be praying for in just about a half hour. We're going to have a group of us that are going to gather together. And we're going to talk about something that we're adding to the small group system here at, at Birchridge. Right? Small groups have been good and healthy. And I've celebrated, We met with leaders of existing small groups a few weeks ago and got to hear some incredible stories of, of God using those small group environments to, to transform lives. And so we're going to be adding another option to, to, to create some additional space for people to be able to get in on that kind of environment. And so in about a half hour, my wife is going to bring over the, the, the pork shoulders, the pulled pork that we started at midnight last night. So it's going to be delicious. And um, now this is when I start passing out the sign up sheet, right? Who wants to come get in on that? Um, you can tell when I really get excited about something because I smoke meat for it, right? This is like the way that I like, I like this. <laughs> It's not wrong. My my daughter is saying he's actually telling exactly the the truth. If Nate busts out the smoker, it's like, this is a thing he deeply cares about, right? This is going to happen. And so if you come to my house and I I smoke meat for you, I deeply care about you, right? Um, But we're, (laughs) if I don't, now i got myself in trouble. (laughs) If I don't, it's just simply a matter of scheduling. It's not, it has nothing to do with, oh man. Um, Uh, um, But pray for us. We're going to gather together. We're going to wrestle with and we're going to talk through some things that I've learned about the the kind of environment that I've seen God get a hold of people in where where we take steps, where we move from from simply hearing a sermon or hearing something that's, that's true and then actually learning how we internalize it. Say, what is it that God's got for me in this? And then, so, what do we do about it? And how does this group of people that's sitting in the living room or sitting in a coffee shop or sitting here at the church have this conversation about how we can actually put this into action? How can we help you get where God is calling you to be? Right, it's going to be a powerful thing. I'm so excited about what this could look like. But, but pray for us, right? 30 minutes from now, when you're, when you're having your lunch that, that isn't the pulled pork, unless you're part of this meeting, you're welcome to stick around. Um, but get in on this. Lean in on this. Pray for us as we move this direction. It's going to be an incredible thing that that God's going to use to to transform lives in a way that's just going to echo across this peninsula, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we get to be a part of. As we prepare to close out, let me pray for us. God, thank you. God, thank you for your goodness and for your greatness. God, thank you for the way that you care for us so much so that, that you gave us a clear picture. God, that life isn't about simply coming to you and then trying to clean ourselves up, but about listening to you and letting you help us get where you're calling us to be. God, I pray that we would not be easily satisfied, that we would continue to lean in, that we continue to imagine with, with a divine kind of imagination that, that we could get where you're calling us to be. God, that life a week from now or a month from now or a year from now could look different than it looks now. That we can grow and we can live in faith. God, I pray for those small group leaders, those who are kicking the tires, wondering if maybe this kind of responsibility is something they're wanting to, to lean in on. God, I pray for our conversation. I pray for the opportunity we have to dream big dreams together about discipleship and growth within the context of a small group environment. God, give us courage. God, paint that clear picture that keeps us chasing after you. But God, I pray for those of us this morning who need to make a move, who need to take a step. God, give us courage. God, give us a clear picture. God, help us want what you want for us. And so we pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the one who met us right where we are. He created the opportunity for us to take a step forward, who continues to call us forward, who sustains His church so that more and more people can come to a saving knowledge of Him and in a growing relationship with You. God, I pray we'd be found faithful. And so we pray these things in the name of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.